So what if you're single? You're never alone in the single soul circle. Join us as we hear from singles who will inspire you and help you face the unique challenges and opportunities of the single life. I'm your host, Heidi Fry. We're talking with Carol, who just celebrated her big 4-0, and we'll talk about a special thing she did at her birthday where she asked everyone to write down their wishes so she could share her birthday wish. When I blew out the, the candle, it was not only for myself in turning 40 and celebrating that those 40 years of my life, but also to support everyone. She will reflect on the last 40 years and what she wants to accomplish moving forward. I mean, I can definitely say the experiences that I've had over the past 40 years have been fun. We will talk about her efforts to declutter and how that has given her some freedom. I used to actually hoard wrapping paper, which is the craziest thing. I'm excited today to have my friend Carol join me in the single soul circle. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about those big birthdays, so those birthdays ending in zero. So we're talking about 40 today and about Carol's experiences with turning 40. So thank you for joining me today, Carol. Thank you for having me. So what feelings did you have in that year leading up to turning 40? You know, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I uh, was a little nervous. And I will say that when I was actually 37, I thought the entire year that I was 38. So I feel like I missed out for an entire year. But I would just say that I, I didn't know what to expect because 40 is kind of those, our 40s are those years of your life where, you know, you, you tend to be more mature. And hopefully, I think for many people, um, have some sort of foundation in life and steady income. Uh, a lot of people, of course, has, have families and many people that I know actually have uh, children that are growing out of the household. So there are some empty nesters around that period. And uh, for me, not being uh, in any of those situations with the exception of having the foundation and then also having a steady income, I think I just didn't know if I had accomplished as much in life as I should have. And so I still think about those things and I'm a, I'm a lot more introspective since having turned 40 and trying to determine what it is that I want to do with my life in terms of the next steps, the next phase, the next journey in my life. Yeah, it's definitely a time to really look back and reflect and thinking forward what you want to do. And then when you did turn 40, what did you do to celebrate turning 40? Okay, well, I, I took it a little bit overboard in my, from my perspective, and I think I actually tired myself out a bit. But when I turned 40, I decided that I hadn't seen some of my coworkers in the Rockville, Maryland area for some time, and I just happened to have a, a voucher, a travel voucher to go there. And so I went ahead and did that. I uh, we went out to dinner, very nice dinner, and uh, it was actually really nice of my friend Sam and his wife to do, but they had attempted to host a poker party for me because I love poker, and she is a great cook, a great baker, and had this huge layout of food, and it was just amazing. Unfortunately, that very same day, and this hardly ever happens, uh, there was a tornado warning. Oh, no. So a lot of individuals had left work early and I think just were more uh, comfortable staying home that evening, but it was a great time. The second thing was actually hanging out with my friends uh, for dinner. And we went to 
a nice place. It was really nice to see everybody. I got so many gifts and I felt like at one point in time during the dinner, I think I said, uh, but I don't feel like I deserve this or something to that regard. And, and I felt like it was just so heartwarming to see people there. And then on top of that, I mean, to give me a gift that was unexpected. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And, um, the third thing that I did actually was to meet with my poker friends who are also another extended family of mine. And so what we did was we went to a local dive bar that we normally play poker at. And it just happened to, there just happened to be a race that day. And we bet and we had a good time. And then we had a poker afterwards, a poker game afterwards. So that was really nice to just be able to connect with the various people that I uh, interact with. And, um, at that time, I was super duper tired, but at least I'm comfortable with myself in saying that I did something amazing for my 40th birthday because I don't see myself doing that and having, you know, several weeks of my birthday celebration. Uh, but I think it was definitely worth it. And I, I feel much more rejuvenated at this point. Yeah. And having been at your dinner, I would say it was so fun to, you know, get to talk to your friends that you've you've met in different ways and just the different um, really neat connections that you have and how much they appreciate you. And one of the other things that you did at the dinner was having us all share in, in your birthday wish. So you had given us all each little cards to write, you know, our wishes for ourselves. So you shared your birthday wish with all of us, which is so completely generous. And can you tell us more about how you decided to do that? Yes, I had thought about it for at least a couple of weeks prior to the birthday dinner, and I, I really began to think about our friendships, uh, the various phases of our lives, uh, wanting to be able to support people, because I think a lot of times, uh, many of us are givers, and we tend to want to please others and make people feel special, but don't necessarily get the same in return. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that in terms of those relationships, I, I'm trying to do better at identifying where those are and what I can do to improve it. I really want people to, you know, make sure that, that I am supportive of what it is that they want in life and uh, that I don't see this as a competition and that people can really share what it is that they want to share without having to feel judged or not being supported in general because, you know, someone might think, you know, Someone might have another opinion or perspective of how things should be done, or um, maybe they just want the very same thing and aren't supportive of other people around them who, who may want the, you know, the same thing. So, so that was kind of the basis of it. I, I just wanted to make sure that I was supportive, not only throughout this year of being 40, but above and beyond that. So what I did was I asked everyone to kind of write down what it is that they'd like to see in their lives, whether if it was in the next few months or in the next year and just really identify that for themselves. And they, and they didn't have to share it with the rest of the group. It was an option and they could actually take it home with them. But for those that actually did share it, I, I knew what their, uh, we'll say intentions were and their wishes were. So that way, when I blew out the, the candle, it was not only for myself in turning 40 and celebrating that those 40 years of my life, but also to support everyone within the years to come. Yeah, that's such a great idea. And I still have my, my wish here on my desk. So thank you for doing that. Now that you are 40 and looking back at how you've changed, what are some of the things that stand out? I'll start off by saying, 
that I have been very introspective through this transition. So uh, my birthday was around the time of April 30th. And during that preceding month, as well as the following month, I was very quiet. So even from a social perspective, I think people that I interacted with a lot were probably wondering why I was so quiet or, you know, not as um, active in terms of going out for social activities and things like that. But um, I, I just have been trying to reflect on, you know, what it is that I've done over the past 40 years, as well as what I'd like to do moving forward. And part of that is, you know, setting personal goals and, and, and not, not to achieve a particular thing that I have no control over necessarily, uh, but just ensuring that for those things that I can control, that I'm doing my best. So whether it's, you know, working out, um, eating right, having a better work-life balance, and then also ensuring that there is a balance with, um, on the life side of it, um, social as well as personal, emotional, you know, physical types of um, activities. So uh, I would just indicate that I've been more introspective. I'm trying to figure out what it is I want to do, uh, but also taking a look at some of the things that I've accomplished over the years. And most of all, the fun that I've had. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely say the experiences that I've had over the past 40 years have been fun. I've been able to at least say that I've experienced those types of things, whether it's travel or playing poker or conquering my fears of riding a bicycle, or not a bicycle, but a motorcycle. And so, um, I'm, you know, although I don't necessarily think I am where I need to be at some points in time, I think I'm in the right place, um, of course, at the right time. And, and I can only move forward with you know, some aspirations to um, meet the goals that I've set for myself. So the topic of kids often comes up when women are single and looking at 40. Has that ever been kind of a question in your mind, whether you wanted to have kids? That has been a question. I will say that I was raised in a somewhat traditional family in the sense that I was always told from the time that I was a child that I should first think of marriage and then think of kids, and I should never think of marriage until I turn 30. <laughs> so that kind of is in the back of my brain, you know, at all times in the time, um, the time that I've, you know, grown up from being an adolescent to an adult. And so I, I would say that with that kind of in mind, it, it sort of limited my thoughts as to what I could do. And I never really thought of having kids during my 20s because of that, because I thought I would be, you know, like a, a shame to the family and, and that I would be getting married too soon before actually achieving what it is that I wanted to do and really limiting myself. And so, um, so I would say around the time of my 20s, it wasn't a huge goal of mine. And about the same time, I actually was in, I remember... I was in college and um, I started to experience a lot of pain. And at around that time, my doctor had indicated that it's highly unlikely that I'm going to have kids. And I would say I was probably about, we'll say 21 or 22 at that point. And so I uh, was sad at the time because I thought, well, you know, either I, you know, potentially have surgery and see if that helps, but that there's really no guarantee for that to help. And, and so I, um, I really didn't think of it much of a priority from that point forward because I felt like it was never going to happen. I will say though that I continually get questions about it. Uh, I know that 
in various types of icebreaker settings and social settings, you know, one of the first things that people say is, are you married? Do you have kids? You know, um, do you have pets at least? You know, and I don't have <laughs> either of them. So, uh, so I don't have, I've never been married. I don't have kids. I don't have pets. Um, at this time in my life, it just, uh, it hasn't happened. And I don't know necessarily that it will but I'm definitely open to it. So if for whatever reason I'm healthy enough to have kids at some point in the future, I'm okay with that. Uh, so long as, you know, I, I feel comfortable with the situation. And I say that because I want to make sure that, you know, from the financial perspective, that that's achievable as well as from a work perspective. Uh, but I do think kids definitely add value to individuals' lives. And I, um, I served as a, a second mom, if you will. I was served as an aunt for a number of years. I still am an aunt, but I will say uh, more intimately with my sister's daughter, who now has kids, and um, around that time, my sister was working a lot and needed some help, and so I spent a lot of time with my niece around that time, so I kind of felt like I already had a child in the sense that I helped raise her from the time that she was an infant to the time that she became older, probably about the preteen age, and so I felt like I, even though I wasn't appreciative very much at the time because I wanted to have a social life, I definitely see the value now and um, see some of the things that uh, may have shaped her uh, in her beliefs in her life. And hopefully those were good and not so much bad, but um, I, I would not be completely sad if I, I did not have kids at this point. Yeah, it sounds like you've had a lot of experiences which have allowed you to feel kind of that mothering. And so I think there's a lot of ways people can do that without, um, you know, physically having, having a child. So thanks for sharing those experiences. Over time, it's easy to accumulate a lot of stuff. Has that been an issue for you? And I know with the tidying up movement with Marie Kondo, that's been very popular. So is that something that you've struggled with? And how are you approaching that? Yes, absolutely. So I don't know where this comes from. It probably stems from various things, but I definitely like to buy things and um, which can be a very bad thing. I've, I've realized that uh, throughout the course of the past uh, decade, uh, but I've, I've started to accumulate a lot of things and a lot of the things I, I have realized that I don't need, like it's not something that I absolutely need to have. And so I think in terms of things and clutter from a physical perspective, I have been trying to figure out a way in which I can declutter and get rid of the things that no longer serve me. Uh, I think that in many ways, the way that I was brought up and um, having a lot of uh, conversations with my grandmother, she was a saver. Like she would save everything. And they grew up around the depression era. And so everything was so important. So you had to use everything until it was no longer usable. So from a uh, reuse, recycle, and repurpose perspective, you know, that, that was a good thing because I, I realized the value of things and that you don't necessarily just have to throw away things. And, you know, we've got the, the plastic straw situation and, you know, a lot of plastic being dumped into our oceans. And so I can understand the value of that, but at the same time, making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm not a hoarder. <laughs> I used to actually hoard wrapping paper, which is the craziest <laughs> thing. But so I, I was a hoarder of wrapping paper. Um, I think now it's actually, or the most recent one was more like insulated 
mugs or insulated um, containers for water and things like that. But, but I think I've just come to learn that that is not important. I should just only keep the things that I need. And also, of course, keeping that in, that, the, ba- in the back of my mind, you know, the experiences that um, I think all of our families have gone through uh, previously with the depression and things like that, that, ensuring that there is value so you're not buying things and wasting things and throwing them away and, and things like that and making sure that they, uh, if they are reusable, that they're put to use. In terms of the physical things, I would definitely say I'm trying to figure out a better way to just keep the things I need because it also is as little freeing in the sense that you can always be more mobile. So I have, from a work perspective, been detailed to the East Coast area over the past couple of years, and I'll also be uh, being detailed here pretty soon. And it, it makes it really hard to move should you decide to move if you have so many things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so apartment living has been what I've been doing lately. And I think it's probably going to be that way over the, of the course of the next year as well. But I think just being able to c- consolidate your life, make you feel like you have l- less clutter and, and, and then also um, being able to feel more free uh, and just able to do anything. Like you had to like just get up and leave and and go to you know your most favorite pers- uh, place in the world. Um, I think that is is something that that's where I want to be essentially. That's a great point about the freedom. I think it also frees up your mind. I know I did some declutter work and being able to you know walk into the house at the end of a long day from work and not you know seeing so much stuff. It just helps feel more peaceful as well. So I think those are some really great points. And I know another thing as we get older, our bodies change and uh, you maybe for me, I know even doing the same things like eating the same way, working out the same amount is not doing the same things to my body. So how have you dealt with um, body image issues as you get older? Um, I've just been more accepting of myself and I think it's empowering because I, I never really thought of myself first. From that perspective, I thought of what other people thought of me, which um, which it really didn't make any sense until I turned 40. And for some people, it probably happened sooner and maybe other people later. But I really started to understand that it didn't necessarily care what other people thought. It really cared what I thought and what I want to do for myself in terms of longevity and, um, you know, disease prevention. So uh, those are the primary things I think that I would take a look at. And then the, the physical appearance, you know, looks, things like that, um, that of course comes secondary to those two uh, very important factors. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. I really like your point about acceptance of yourself. And is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you wanted to share with our audience? I just thought of something that related to our most previous uh, discussion and and topic, and that was um, just being able to accept yourself. And I think the more that you're accepting yourself, the better you feel. And so um, the less apt you are to kind of fall into the trap of what people think about you. I've had situations in the workplace on many occasions where you know, things have been said about me and my appearance and how I look. And, you know, it, it came to the point where actually I um, did the reverse thing, which is 
people were saying, you know, oh, you know, Carol comes to work and she's trying to look great for the men. And, you know, like, I won't even go into some of the other things that were said, but it came to the point where I would just go to work with a, a, my hair in a bun, very minimal makeup, and I would still dress, dress professionally, but I didn't really want people to judge me because they thought that I was trying to make myself look better. And um, it, it really just dawned on me. I knew I didn't want to do that, but I did it. And it wasn't until recently that I thought to myself, you know what, who cares what they think? <laughs> you know, I, um, I want to come to work with this because it makes me feel better. I'm not doing this for anyone else, but I feel more professional. Essentially, I, I just one day was like, you know what, I, I want to do this for myself. If they choose that not to do it, it's not my problem. And so in that sense, I felt a lot better about myself. And then when it comes to relationships as well, it wasn't until I would say the past six months, I would say that I really started to understand that, um, you know, physical appearance isn't everything. And the more I got comfortable with the way that I appeared um, and knowing also that I was working toward being more uh, healthy, we'll say from a physical perspective, the more I was happier. So, and I felt like even in my relationships that they had improved. So, um, so I was bringing more to the table without obsessing over, you know, how big my arms were, or how big my thighs were, or my stomach was, or things like that. And so I, I just wanted to indicate that I think when you begin to accept that, you actually become happier and it actually provides more value to whatever it is that um, you're seeking to do, whether it's being, you know, a better partner or, you know, a better uh, even worker in the work setting. Uh, I think that that's where the benefit really comes is, you know, it, it brings a lot more value when you start to accept yourself for what you are. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts on turning 40 and all the great advice that you've provided. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Heidi. Thank you for listening to the Single Soul Circle podcast. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for a guest, email me at singlesoulcircle at gmail.com and be sure to check out our blog at singlesoulcircle.com.